As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. Paisanos, it's time for the Obscurity Now Obscurity Show. I'm one of your hosts, <laughs> Steve Mario. I'm wearing my son's uh, Mario Halloween hat from last year, which we will be recycling uh, for next year. And uh, with me is a guy who's fueled on pasta power. It's... Uh, it's Yahel. How are you doing, Steve? I did not expect... <laughs> Uh, you'd be wearing a Mario hat. Uh, Surprise, bitch. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, no, like I just saw it on the ground because I guess we were trying to see if our son would fit into his costume again. Luckily, he does. And I was like, hey, why don't I just get into the spirit of the episode? And, you know, while I'm at it, why don't I just get myself really dirty <laughs> and uh, erotically rub cake all over my chest? Yeah, yeah, why not, Steve? Uh, that's that's what you should have two grown men do to you. Damn, uh, we're already ruining the, blonde, the end of this. Supple. <laughs> yeah. Nubile teen body, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, yes. But uh, all right, uh, so uh, spoiler alert, uh, we're covering the very first episode ever of the Super Mario Brothers uh, Super Show. That's right, the one where it's a cartoon, and just like with uh, Video Power, for some reason they felt a need to start it out with uh, live-action segments starring... Uh, I will say, they. I feel like they put more effort into writing these live-action segments than they did Video Power. Oh, it's funny you uh, should mention that. Uh, just jumping right into some fun facts here. Um, it... It was said that Lou Albano and uh, what's the other guy's name? The guy who played Luigi? Do you have it handy? Um, it's Danny Wells, yeah, I believe. They improvised a lot of their lines, apparently. I mean, honestly, those guys have pretty good chemistry. Yeah, they're, um, they're for 1940s vaudeville. I mean, they've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... This did come out in the 40s, right, Steve? It feels like it at times. Um, <laughs> a really sort of pornographic uh, alternate universe of the 40s. Um, yeah, yeah. Released in uh, September of 1989. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so uh, let's just uh, dive right in to the pilot episode of Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Welcome to your feature presentation. All right, uh, in case anyone is keeping track or cares about where exactly the Super Mario Brothers Super Show fits in the uh, Nintendo or Mario uh, TV cinematic universe, uh, as you can see from on the uh, Obscuratron here, or if you can't see, then you will hear us talk about it. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show came out in 1989. It is the second time, I guess, Mario premiered on uh, TV uh, before it is Saturday Supercade, which ran from 1983 to 1984, uh, an animated television series based on the many different arcade games popular at the time. Uh, different segments uh, include uh, Frogger, 
Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Mario, Pauline, Donkey Kong, and, and again, Donkey Kong Jr. I don't know why they put that twice. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, no, I don't think I've even heard of it. I've, I've only heard about it in other gaming documentaries. Uh, I've never yeah, seen it myself. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, obviously right behind it in 1989 is Super Mario Brothers uh, Super Show. What is your history? Well, first, when did you first encounter Mario at all? And then what is your history with the show? Um, so I was living in Puerto Rico. I was a young supple constantly getting Kid, cake uh, rubbed on you by middle-aged men cake and dirt just rubbed on me erotically uh no uh, i was in puerto rico we had a, an nes mm. um i think we got it like in 86 or we got it not too long after it came out we were one of the few people in puerto rico that uh i knew of that had an, an nes we were high rollers wow. yeah. uh over in pr <laughs> but yeah that was my first experience i mean playing you know i was like six or seven something like that and playing uh the first mario game on the uh old school nes nice i do remember this show however mm -hmm. uh for two reasons uh one is applicable to our podcast today the other one's just kind of terrifying in a way <laughs> but for me so yeah i mean i remember watching the show uh in fact i remember this episode mm -hmm. uh as i started watching it i like I'm like, oh, this is really familiar. Really took you back, huh? Oh, no. This was the... <laughs> yeah, and then once the cartoon started, like, I remember the entire plot. Like, I... And I didn't watch, like, this, like, all the time, all the mm -hmm. time. But for whatever reason, and I think it's because of Toadstool's... The, the choice that they made for uh, Toad's voice. Oh, yeah. I've got uh, it in my notes. One of the worst voices ever. What a choice. Yeah. <laughs> what a choice. Uh, also, never want to see Toad without his uh, mushroom head again. <laughs> that is, that was horrifying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so one of the songs from, and I know we'll probably get into the themes in a little bit, but one of the songs, the uh, "To the Mario," mm -hmm. like there was this thing called the Nintendo Power, like power, maybe it was called like the Nintendo Power Tour or something mm -hmm. like that. But basically, it was like a tournament put on by Nintendo. I don't think it was the Nintendo World Championships. I think it was like an offshoot right. of that, but. Whatever it was, you got to compete to like do video, uh, play video games. It was kind of like a bit like a convention, actually, okay. but put on by Nintendo. Anyways, one of the things you could do was go to this thing that was promoting the Mario fruit snacks, which were I like, remember those. I don't know, fruit rollups, and you could be you could dance in front of a little set that they made that looked like the uh, World One One on Mario, mm -hmm. and you would dance around to like a five fucking minute version of this song. <laughs> It was like the the, the super cut wow. uh, of the song, and after a minute or two, you were like, "Wow, this!" Even as a child, I know this is not going to be good and terrible. And <laughs> thankfully, that tape was lost. Oh, but my parents too bad. That shit out and show it to people mm -hmm. year after year. So that's why you hate your parents so much. Year. Oh, that's just the ice. <laughs> it was mostly the uh, the erotic cake. Oh uh, <laughs> no, that they made the, the, your uncles do to you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, my plumbing, uh, my plumber's uh, friends, my their plumber friends. Right, right, of course. It's got to be done by a plumber. It's just not erotic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, I mean, my parents are going to get perfect. <laughs> if, they, if, if they had NES money uh, in Puerto Rico, they've got money to get problems. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Like, are you sure you even need yeah, to be I mean, doing this show? I mean, you should be off in your solid I, gold I, jet or something. 
this is my community service <laughs> to my class. Thank you. But thank you. We should point out because we brought up erotic rubbing in children a few times. So uh, this does tie into like just a weird thing that happens at the end of the episode that we'll get to. Uh, there, <laughs> no, nobody was erotically rubbed in the making of this podcast, <laughs> but in the making of the Mario Super Show, Super Mario Brothers Super Show, well, however you say mm-hmm. it, yes. But if you want to rub cake on yourself while you're listening or watching, we can't stop you. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah. Um, Your history with uh, erotic cake. I mean, <laughs> just the show, the uh, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, well, um, I actually played uh, Atari first before I played Nintendo. Um, yes, yeah, um, yeah, my uh, cousin had one, and he even got a Nintendo before me. Um, but, yeah, that's, of course, the first time. I encountered Mario was uh, as a video game, and I'm pretty sure I had like um, I remember those. Remember those like they were sort of like sticker trading cards, and then you could like rub. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember those were making the rounds back at like kindergarten and first grade. And I probably had. I remember I had some of those. Um, some of those before I ever had my Nintendo. And then I remembered I. Uh, I asked my dad one Christmas, I was like, can we get a Nintendo this Christmas? Or no, I actually, more specifically, I was like, is Santa Claus going to bring a Nintendo this Christmas? Because my plan was to take those stickers and put it on the Nintendo. And he was like, no, son. What a plan. (laughs) I know. I was was way ahead of my time back then. Uh, I I like to think you had like a... uh like a cork board with yarn <laughs> and pins like with your plan. Well, I'm constantly, you know, I was a very, I was a conspiracy theorist at a very young age, but uh, more on that later. Uh, and he was like, I don't remember how eventually we got to it, but basically he just went out and said, Hey, there's no Santa Claus. I'm bringing the gifts. And that's how I know you're not getting one. And I was just like, Oh, well, okay. So I went ahead and I put wow. the stickers on something else and so you're, wait, your dad, mm-hmm. we're not going to skip over that. Your dad just hit you with a double whammy. <laughs> not only are you not getting one, you're not getting one, not because Santa doesn't want to bring you one. He actually he hit you with a triple whammy. <laughs> not getting a fucking Nintendo. You know why? It's not because Santa Claus doesn't want to bring it to you because he's not real. Mm-hmm. That's the second mm-hmm. one. And the third, it's me. <laughs> it was me, Austin. It was me all along. Your dad pulls out, a, and it was me, Austin, and turns heel and says, I don't want to give you what you want. I, he totally McMahoned me uh, at a very young. I didn't even know what he was doing back then. Um, there, that name, yeah. that term wasn't even invented. But yeah. yeah, so I was just like, oh, well, that's kind of a drag. And I went and I put my stickers on, <laughs> on something. And what was underneath the goddamn Christmas tree that Christmas? A goddamn Nintendo. It's a swerve, bro. He it's did. Swerve. He swerved me. Like, I mean, but I think that's what, I don't know, I was reading uh, I, some philosophy or whatever, or maybe it was a comedian or something. He was saying that you're supposed to basically gaslight your kids into thinking they want something else, but then in the end you give them what they actually want. That way they're more uh, appreciative or something like that. I feel like that. I feel like that's a slippery. So that's like a gateway to to negative oh, to that oh, whole, uh, uh, art of flirting. I or agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, it was similar, actually right? it was Jordan Peterson. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or who's the guy who got canceled? It was that guy. Um, no, but uh, but. Oh, the guy that was like, uh, we'll see who cancels who, that guy? <laughs> sure. 
Uh, but no, no, the, the show came on. I loved it. I remember it would either come on before or after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, well, no, you know what? I wouldn't say that I loved it. Even at the time, I was just like, oh, this is Nintendo, so it must be good, right? It's, it's like... It's hard to look away from the show. Right, 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 right. Um, and uh, I mean, if somebody said write a one sentence review, I would say it's hard to look away. <laughs> it's, from. A, it's a nice little train wreck slash commercial for Nintendo. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, um, just jumping into the show, like hearing the um, the theme song and uh, their the live action segments at the get, at the beginning really took me back. And yeah, every I remember mm-hmm. uh, as I was reading about it, they're like, yeah, the the show basically. It went Monday through Friday, but on Friday, instead of having the Mario cartoon, they replaced it with uh, with Zelda, um, the right. Zelda cartoon. Which they, they, at the end of the first episode, they give you a little preview yes. for the next episode of Zelda. Right. And it even says, like, next Friday or this yep, Friday. Yep, yep. And, man, that, I mean, maybe it was the way it was cut or something, but it, that Legend of Zelda episode looked way better <laughs> than the Mario episode. Uh, I I think it was the way it was cut because yeah. I, I don't remember the Zelda cartoon being particularly Right, I don't think but... it is. Uh, I don't remember it being good either. But hey, maybe one day we'll figure it out in a future episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll need to revisit this show at some point. Oh, I, w- I mean, I'd like to blaze through as many video game cartoons as possible because they're all usually pretty bad. Um, but uh, but yeah, just uh, after Super Mario Brothers Super Show, or I guess I should say during its uh, run, we also got uh, Captain N and uh, uh, the Game Master, which also had, um, I remember Mario would show up in that. And for some reason, he was, wasn't he green or something? Do you remember that? Or no, I'm thinking of Mega Man, right? Um, um, uh, yeah, th- there's something weird about the Mega Man cartoon. From what I remember, there's a couple characters that like have some weird color mm-hmm. things going on. Um, but I don't know if it was like from this show or not. But there, yeah, there's some weird like Nintendo. Right. Uh, Although Mega Man's a Capcom property, but yeah, there was like some cartoon that Mega Man. Yeah, was but on, he was still in Captain in though. I mean, Simon Belmont was in yeah, there yeah, too. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. So I guess also um, in during 1989 to 1990, there was something called King Koopa's Cool Cartoons. And the fun thing about this is that it's all spelled with K. So <laughs> you got your three Ks there. Luckily, there's a fourth one, just so you're not confused. Um, yeah, and uh, it says it's a live-action show featuring a man dressed up and playing the role in a white. Uh, oh, playing sorry. the role of King <laughs> Koopa with a pointy white hat. Yeah, the show featured a live audience, okay. which consisted of children. At the end of the episode, the man in the suit would give away prizes to winners, such as the Power Glove. Boy, how disappointed would those kids have been? Uh, <laughs> and then you got another one here in 1990. I mean, or do you? Did you ever even hear about KKKK? I mean, King Koopa's cool cartoons. Uh, it sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure I never. Yeah, watched I've it, never heard of it. And then um, this is a uh, Club Mario during the summer of 1990. Yeah, Club Mario, I do remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, during broadcast of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Live action segments were replaced by Club Mario, which featured a group of teenage Mario fans. Yeah, I have that uh, written in the notes later. And then we've got covered in cake and uh, dirt. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, I... Actually, they're, they're, they're referred to as the victims of Mario. Oh, Luigi, the full name. <laughs> wow. And then um, I remember this one, The Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3, which was also in 1990. Yeah. Continuation of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. 
series was based on uh, the Famicom and NES title, Super Mario Brothers 3, blah, blah, blah. There's really nothing else interesting to say. Um, and man, there's so many more here than I thought. Uh, this was followed by, or I should say, the Super Mario Challenge. And it's a game show featuring John Lanahan, I have no idea who that is, dressed as Mario and having children compete against one another in the first three Super Mario games. Uh, and then, of course, the losers get covered in cake. Uh, do you remember that one at all? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I, it doesn't ring a bell. And then Super Mario World, I think most people know that one. Um, uh, again, a continuation of the, the Mario stuff, and it has Yoshi in it. Um, I think I re that one came on Saturdays, if I remember correctly. But uh, And then Captain N and the Video Game Masters, a uh, compilation TV show produced for syndication, which consisted of some of the Nintendo-based cartoons that Deke had produced. Captain N, Legend of Zelda, Super Mario. So basically it was a, an anthology, if you will. Um, yeah. And then this was another sort of anthology, Mario All-Stars. Um, it was, uh, all, I guess they released it in conjunction with the release of Super Mario All-Stars. And it was another compilation of all, basically of all the Mario cartoons. And then the last... Man, they really squeezed as much as they could. Oh, uh... yeah. Uh, yes, they did. And then uh, the last two, I guess, at least on this list, in terms of the Nintendo Cinematic Universe, was uh, Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Planet. Uh, and it's weird. It's a Canadian, French, Chinese CG animated series that ran for two seasons. Um, did you check out either of those? Any of the Donkey Kong? I, I don't remember. No. I mean, no. by that point, you and I were, you know, studs going out and yeah, rubbing cake yeah, on we women were... left and right. <laughs> <laughs> out in the world, spreading our DNA. I like to keep it here on the planet, you hell. I mean, there's no point oh, in sending yes, it yes, out into true. space. Yeah. All right. Right. Not like that idiot Matt Morgan. <laughs> who, I don't know if you've been following him recently, but he turned out to be an actual idiot. Well, what did he do? Uh, let, let's just say when when you jokingly talk about believing conspiracy theory, mm. theories, he is not joking about it. He's one of those. Isn't he the mayor of some like small town now or something? Um, I can't remember if he was mayor or... Yeah, but he got elected to something. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, he's one of those... Mayor of Stupidville's more like it. <laughs> yeah. He's one of those politicians where if it's not going his way, it's because of insert crazy conspiracy. Right. The, the Russians, the reptilians. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, yeah. The birds aren't uh, real. Don't say anything about the reptilians. We work for them, after all. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Everything. Oh, Everything. I completely. All right. Before we, uh, we jump into the notes here, I would just like to uh, run a promo for Escape to Earth which is on sale at uh, the Reptilian Media Big Cartel uh, site. Uh, there will be a link in the description. Here's the promo. I'm having a weird, weird day. The name's Adam. Where I'm from, I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. Ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. 
These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, Zero Seat, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my blade. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man, I thought you were gonna die. Cut me loose! Behind you! Whoa! Thought I was done for. It was gonna be a light snack for a snarling creature. But then... She showed up. Riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Thirty-six pages of insane dinosaur action. Issue one available now at reptilianmedia.bigcartel.com, featuring a variant cover by Sean Forney. Act now while supplies last. All right, and uh, there you have it. Uh, buying comics uh, helps out this show quite a bit. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Uh, so, uh, okay. Mm, where are we here? All right, so Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, it ran for one season, a total of 65 episodes. We're watching the pilot episode. Which uh, it's got, it's weird. It's got like two titles. Uh, the title of the, um, I guess the live action segment is called Neatness mm-hmm. Counts. And then the name of the animated segment is called The Bird, The Bird. Uh, brilliant title, uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, and uh, this episode premiered September 4th, 1989. And here's a synopsis of this crazy plot. Okay. While crossing the land of ice, Toad gets kidnapped by a giant birdo who thinks the mushroom is her missing baby. And uh, that's it. And why does it say giant birdo? It seemed to me that it was just a regular sized birdo, uh, if you ask me. I guess maybe they were trying to differ. Yeah, I, I didn't quite get that. Yeah. I, I was about to try to uh, make an excuse. For that. <laughs> you know what? I, I shouldn't. These are professional 40s vaude. Uh, I almost said vaude villains. <laughs> <laughs> vaudeville actors yeah they should know yeah for sure so this show the super mario brothers super show was actually created by andy hayward and he is the former chairman and ceo of deke entertainment which is the uh head like production company of uh the super mario brothers super show and this particular episode was uh director (laughs) was directed by uh former porn director dan ryba (laughs) I mean, I just really is the actual no, no, but he has worked Uh on a lot of classic um, cartoons, some that we need to cover. And here's a few Uh, trolls topia. We don't need to cover that one, (laughs) but uh, the Alf animated series, uh, Batman Beyond Justice League and Freakazoid, which we need to add to the list for sure. It's got a couple decent ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was uh, written by a couple of guys. First is a uh, brother team of writers named uh, Reed Shelley and Bruce Shelley. Uh, I don't think they're related to Alex Shelley in any way. 
<laughs> uh, I just thought I'd add him in there for some reason. All right, they worked on, or they wrote, do you remember Hammer Man, the MC Hammer cartoon? Oh, my God, yes, I do. Well, they are responsible for writing one of those episodes, uh, Captain Planet, uh, Savage Dragon. Make sure you check out our Savage Dragon episode. Street Sharks and Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. So they double dipped into video game properties, uh, working on Mario and Sonic. Uh, And then uh, this guy is uh, an alum of uh, of Obscurity now, Bob Forward. He worked on uh, Exo Squad, Wildcats, Ultra Force, uh, all shows that we've already covered. And, uh, And I thought this was apropos since we were talking about covering these guys. Tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Mm. Oh, man. You know what? I actually listened uh, to their theme song the other day because I was just, like, curious. Mm-hmm. And it is a gem, <laughs> the, the Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighter song. It's it's good. I'm looking forward to coming. Oh, that. yeah, me too. Uh, so, uh, of course, since this show came out in the 80s and was popular, the music has to be done by, can you guess who it was done by? Shooky yeah, Levy. and Haim Saban, uh, because they are one of the production companies uh, behind this show. Uh, as we said, Deke Entertainment, Saban Productions, and Nintendo of America. And um, for those that don't know, uh, Shooky Levy did a bunch of songs for um, a bunch of shows, and we've covered uh, VR Troopers, X Men, Get Out of Here. <laughs> I mean, like that. Even if the rest of the song sucked, he did the X Men cartoon right. theme song. That's all you need he to gets know. A pass. But um, I'm sure you are aware he did ALF, the uh, animated series. Um, but yeah, Inspector Gadget, uh, just a ton, a ton of stuff. Uh, I think he did, um, yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of now, stuff. Now, I was looking at uh, who actually did the, uh, who spit those fat rhymes for the opening Mario theme, which uh, <laughs> we're, about to, uh, <laughs> we're about to get to here in a second. And um, it said that, they did it that uh lou albano and luigi they were the ones who wrapped the beginning and the end that, but that can't be right that can't be it's definitely like like the albano does do the last right the, for sure and yeah. yeah there's n- no way they could have done it uh and despite how hard i looked i mean i tried one to three different websites <laughs> i couldn't find uh, who uh, who wrapped the opening theme to Super Mario Brothers? I mean, wi- yeah, Wikipedia really some... yeah says that it's um, Lou Albano and God, why do I keep forgetting his name? It's written right Danny here, Wells. Danny Wells. It said that it was them too, but there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, it, I, Danny Wells. You know, I mean, he's has a lot of credits. You know, I'm sure he's a he's a fine uh, thespian. <laughs> However, I don't uh, believe. Anyone could change their. Voice Are you saying Danny so Wells doesn't have the skills to pay the bills? <laughs> if, you know, the thing is, like, it sounds nothing like. I his know voice. it's no way, What's... no way, no. I mean, I would say it could even be Haim Saban and Shooky Levy uh, before them. Um, I mean, I don't. They probably, yeah. you know, don't sound like that either. But yeah, and you know, maybe it's in the credits at the end. Oh, uh, so maybe why didn't I look there? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about. Uh, well, we'll solve this mystery someday. Uh, why don't you tell me who are the, some of the people who are in this episode? Alrighty. So first of all, we've got Lou Albano um, playing the uh, playing Mario. I think most people will know him from either WWF mm-hmm. now WWE or from the Cindy Lauper video. Girls just want to have fun. 
Uh, <laughs> right. I know. I'm serious. I, I think like people that know him but don't didn't watch wrestling. That's what I know. <laughs> you mean n- your normies, <laughs> non marks? <laughs> uh, I, I I mean old. Ah uh-huh, yes, of course. People are now. <gasps> uh, but yeah. Anyways, uh, Lou, uh, like we mentioned, he also does the uh, rap at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he did uh, a little bit of acting uh, here and there. So um, he definitely goes for it. Uh, then we've got playing the part of Mario Luigi, excuse me, playing the part of Luigi, Danny Wells, Danny Wells has so much random stuff in his IMDb uh, filmography. I don't know if you looked at it at all, but, um, I want to point out a few, uh, first of all, have you ever heard of X duck X? No. What is that? It's, we, we might need to add this. It's a, uh, just the description sounds, it sounds terrible, but somehow it went, it went on for five years. Wow. Uh, it says it's a cartoon. Fasten your safety harness, dudes and dudettes. Extreme sports meets Wayne's World. Ooh, and he's in it. Ugh. I mean, how old must he have been when this was? Go- what year was this? Two thousand one. Oh, he must have been like <laughs> sixty or something. Oh, but I mean, it's cartoons last, though, right? His last credit is twenty thirteen. Wow, but it's a cartoon, yeah, right? So, Duck X. Yeah, it's a cartoon. Okay. Um, Sounds awesome. But yeah, I mean. It, t- feathers are going to fly when the extreme ducks bite the air, slam the snow, and kiss the asphalt. <laughs> Anyways, this goes on That's and awesome. on. It's a really yeah. long description. But, yeah, we might need to investigate mm-hmm. that in more detail. But uh, he was also in Little Wonders, which uh, I know that's something that we're looking to cover. You mean Small Wonders. Small Wonder. I'm, so- I'm sorry, Small gotcha. Wonders, uh, which he was in three episodes. We're looking to cover that. And uh, in The Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3, he does the voice of Luigi. Mm. Well, he did. Uh, in the cartoon Nice, there. yeah. Uh, he was in Heathcliff. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Uh, he was in uh, the A-Team, like five episodes of the A-Team. So anyways, I'm not going to keep going on and on, but he was just in a lot of like stuff I was not expecting. Nice. Um, so good for yeah. him. Good for him. All right, moving on. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like the main people. Mm-hmm. Um, doing the voice of King Koopa, however, in the cartoon is Harvey Atkin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a, just a bunch of voice stuff. His most recent credit was in 2017, but uh, he actually did a voice in Heavy Metal. Oh, the uh, cartoon. So I thought that that was pretty nice. cool. He's done some live action stuff. He was in a bunch of episodes of Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. Probably got arrested for rubbing cake on kids. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is what started it. This is what started the addiction. Did you ever hear of a TV series called I Was a Sixth Grade Alien? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we should cover okay. that. He was in it, and boy, does it look terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was in some show called One Tough Cop, which sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but yeah, he's got lots of other uh, voice credits. Mm-hmm. Then we've got, I'm only going to go over one or two more people. Um, wanted to cover, da, 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 da. oh, they're not on here. I wanted to cover the person that did the voice of uh, Toad. Uh, John Stalker. John Stalker. Oh, yep, you're right. There he is. So John, and it's Stalker, S-T-O-C-K-E-R, as of though his profession is to be a <laughs> stalker. Right. Uh, you know. Anyways, his page is not loading up for me now. So I guess just like his voice uh of toad it's something you want to forget oh snap <laughs> take that john well but yeah i was actually trying to find who did uh birdo but they're not it's listed. a genie elliot yeah that's her 
Oh, okay. Jeannie Elias yeah. uh, also did the voice of Toadstool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's done a bunch of voice acting and video games and other animated stuff. John Stalker has done some live action things, uh, but he's still working. Oh, good. I don't know if you good saw that. Him. He's got something in pre-production. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it won't be good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Take that, John. <laughs> But also, Nicole Eggert plays our special celebrity mm-hmm. guest star, which was kind of like a... I don't think every episode had a celebrity guest, but most of them did from what I remember. I, one that stands um, out to me is uh, Ernie Hudson when Ghostbusters was a, a I, big deal. I knew yeah. you were going to bring him up. Uh, I was going to name a few of them. Uh, but Nicole Eggert... I did a little bit of quick math here, Stephen. This episode aired in 1989. That's right. So September 89, so... It had to be filmed in 88 or maybe 89, probably 88. But, you know, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it was filmed in 89. Mm-hmm. She was born in 72. That would make her 17 years old at the most, probably 16. <laughs> Damn. And but, these plumbers. Wait, wait, wait till we get to the end. But like, all the, right. All but right. I was, yeah, because I was looking because another thing is like she's on there. And I think uh, Luigi says, oh, I watch your show every day. And I was I was looking as well. I was like, so what show is she promoting? And in '89, Charles in charge, I guess. Either that or Baywatch, because in '89 she just joined Baywatch. So I have her joining Baywatch in '92. Oh, okay. So yeah, it... which would make more sense because she would not be a minor anymore. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be a uh, very um, uh, icky icky episode. <laughs> Just add bleeps. Yeah. People will be like, what is going on? Oh, here? man. All right. So, so yeah, she was in. I'm sorry. Just, yeah, yeah. Go hold ahead. On. Uh, and I know I'm spending a lot of time on. We're spending a lot of time not on the episode, but it's going to be a quick episode to cover, folks, because not a lot happens no, during the anime. No, no, stuff. no. But I wanted to point out uh, she was in Charles in Charge. Then she went on to Baywatch, as you mentioned, uh, including the Baywatch wedding movie. Uh, but. Did you know where is the? Oh wait, I think I confused her with somebody else. There was uh, she was in T.J. Hooker, okay, uh, which I think that's on our list. But oh, oh, that's right, she was in an episode of Duckman. Uh, really? Huh? I never I, knew that. Yeah. Hmm, awesome. Yeah, kind of crazy. In '96, so don't worry, she was a she was an adult. <laughs> yeah, but no one's rubbing cake on her in Duckman, like that we know of. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> But uh, yeah, you you know we kind of talked a little bit about how there's a bunch of guest stars on there. Ernie Hudson plays himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Nicole Eggert played herself, mm-hmm. and Roddy Piper. There's an episode. Sergeant Slaughter plays nice. himself in an episode. Cindy Lauper plays herself. So all those make sense. They all have connections to either Lou or um, to the WWF. Mm-hmm. But I never saw this episode. There's an episode with Elvira. Oh, what? Oh, that I'd like to see. And this is a kid's And show. she's in like full Elvira. Elvira regalia, or is she just uh, showing up in her regular, uh, you know? So I was wondering that myself if she was going to be kind of covered mm-hmm. up or, you know, if she was going to be all boobs out. So I found a clip from the show. She is all boobs <laughs> out. Yes. You got to love the 80s and 90s. <laughs> so yeah yeah that made a lot of young boys t- grow up real fast they do like this weird tug of war where like mario's got one arm uh, a mummy who we later find out is luigi has her other arm and they're pulling her back and forth and making things move as they would in dead or alive <laughs> beach, that beach volleyball franchise. yeah <laughs> yes 
That's so. Anyways, that is the cast and uh, some of the eroticism that you can expect from the uh, Super Mario. It's Brothers only Switch. gonna get more erotic. So stick around, ladies and gentlemen. And possibly illegal. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a different time. Let's say that. Uh, yeah. I, uh, well, let's just say that Chris Hansen almost had to be called <laughs> onto the set, <laughs> and he wasn't even old enough to catch a predator back then. I don't know. He would have been uh, a predator catching game. Yeah, I was just trying a... to make a joke. I'm sorry. Uh, oh. But I have some, like, a little bit of trivia here. Um, for the role of Mario in the live-action segments, Lou Albano shaved his trademark goatee, and instead of wearing a false handlebar mustache, he opted to grow a real one because he's all man, baby. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, we already mentioned how um, Lou and Danny Wells, Mario and Luigi, frequently improvise a lot of their dialogue. Uh, and uh, the only voice actors who appeared in all three Mario cartoons voicing the same characters was uh, Harvey Atkin, who portrayed uh, Bowser, King Koopa, and John Stark and Stalker, who also appeared in all three, but not as the same character. And uh, we already talked about Club Mario, how it was just basically the same stuff without the live action um, segments with the stereo stereotypical 80s-style teenagers. Um, and uh let's see man that's not all that interesting and we already talked about that okay so ready to dive into the episode let's do it all right so we start out with the opening theme which uh, of course it is a rap since this is the late 80s and early 90s uh set to the music of the first level um like what were your thoughts like as a kid hearing this and what were your thoughts now you know as a I don't remember my thoughts mm -hmm. as a kid uh, watching it as, as far as the music goes because um, of all the drinking I was doing then. Uh, <laughs> wow. Puerto Rico must have really laxed alcohol laws. Yeah. We just don't have that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a you, you, you don't produce uh, from the same island Ricky Martin and Daddy Yankee without, uh, you know, having having, having a good time. Some leeway, yeah. Yeah. You know? Sure. But uh, yeah, we're just living La Vida Loca down oh. there. Uh, but yeah, I was very annoyed by the constant sound effects from the show. I mean, from the from the video mm -hmm. game, and the music. I, I thought was also a bit much. But I think it was a combination of like constant music mm -hmm. and constant sound effects that kind of was like off. Oh, so you're me. talking about like the uh, the soundtrack? I mean, I was just asking your thoughts on the theme. Uh... Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, no Steve. Uh, I'm just ready to shit on the uh, soundtrack. You're all uh, no, built up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the theme song's very memorable. Mm -hmm. uh, like, once it started up, I immediately, like, remembered pretty much how the whole thing went. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I do remember liking the theme song as a kid. Right. Actually. Yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty good. And, I mean, while they really uh, don't want you to forget that, hey, look, remember this? It's from the game. It's just constant fan service, which that word didn't even exist yeah. back then. Uh, yeah. So then we get to see uh, you know, Mario and Luigi, the live action ones, doing the Mario, which is just basically this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's basically whatever Lou Albano's hips would allow him to do. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and it's like, which, folks, is not right. much. It's like the lamest dance ever. Um, and um, and then the show begins, and there's, like, a weird still shot of, like, the uh, the exterior of Mario Bros. plumbing right outside the Brooklyn Bridge. And it strangely reminds me of Cheers. Did you get Cheers vibes? Uh, I guess. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know. I was never a big cheers. I mean, fan. I, Maybe I just I, thought uh, it was funny because they obviously did a cheap, like, still image instead of actually, you know, filming. Uh, oh, yeah. in that sense. Sure, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. I can see that. So now we are on the inside of Mario Brothers Plumbing, and Mario is straightening out his t mustache. I almost said tie for some reason. Uh, Mario's straightening out his mustache in the most disgusting mirror ever. Did you notice, like, all the, the grime on the mirror? Like, yeah, I guess because they're plumbers, it's supposed, supposed to be to dirty be and it's going to get a whole dirty? lot dirtier. So there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of leftover shit that hardened. <laughs> oh, use your imagination on what it could possibly be. And this is a uh, no, I meant literal shit because they're plumbers. right. Yeah, Fecal. sure. Just shit. Nothing else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mario says time for another day. Neatness counts. And Luigi pulls some spaghetti off of uh, Mario. And it was weird. Um, I guess a uh, follower of ours on Twitter posted a clip. And I swear in the clip, it sounds like Mario is saying, fuck you to Luigi. Uh, and I, I, that had to have been like an outtake or something. I told myself I was going to go back. and I, You didn't catch that, did you, when you were watching this on Tubi? No, I did not. It, someone catch must have that. created that clip, or you know, just uh, you know, put some VO in or something. Oh yeah, and by the way, we're gonna spoil the episode, so check it out on Tubi. It's free. Why not? Yeah, it's free on Tubi. Um, it's probably available on. I didn't check if it if it was on YouTube. But yeah, your problem. It's free on YouTube. Uh, on Tubi, and the quality's good, and you don't need an account right. or anything. For Tubi. So suddenly, out of nowhere, a female voice says "hello," and they go over to the mirror, and for some reason, Nicole Eggert is in there. Uh, she then um, comes. She says she's like checking the the labels on their toothpaste or something like that. Just like. Yeah, she says that she's like checking the expiration date on their toothpaste. It's... If you are not brushing your teeth <laughs> regularly enough to use it before the, I didn't even know there was an expiration date. I know, I don't think there is. Be, be, well, listen, if there is an expiration date and you have to check it, brush your teeth more frequently. Right. Just yeah. You know, you're not doing it enough. I don't know how many times you're doing it, but it is not enough. But man, I don't know what they. I mean, I guess they're just trying to go for the wackiest kind of off the wall thing, which is a very sort of 90 very 90s sort of late 80s thing to do maybe they're trying to be a little like hell's favorite show uh peewee's funhouse or playhouse peewee's playhouse mm, yes. but anyway so she comes out from around the uh the mirror and uh she comes inside and says that then she's holding literally holding the newspaper and on there it says that the best plumbers in the world are mario and luigi and she needs her sink fixed so then Luigi says that he needs to uh, demonstrate on a nearby sink how they're going to unclog it. And as they're... Yeah, like, like for whatever reason, even though she's already obviously... She wants to hire Yes, them, yes, yes. But they're like, we're going to show you that we're good enough to be hired. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. Almost like appearing on the other side of the mirror instead of just walking in through the door. Like, I... I don't know. I can't even wrap my mind around that one. But uh, yeah, so Luigi and Mario go to work on this, like, uh, I guess, demonstration sink, trying to show her how uh, he, they're going to unclog it. And this, uh, man, the sexual metaphors are already coming in left and right. And it only yeah. gets worse as the sink ends up somehow squirting the coal in the face. Then, right. in classic sort of vaudeville Stooges fashion, like Mario and Luigi look at each other and go, "Uh oh." Yeah, yeah. 
And already at this point, they've already kind of talked about how beautiful they think she is. Like, they've made a few weird comments, like, uh, about, oh, how something looks oh, good on her. Oh, that's coming up. Like, that's coming up. Like, oh, that, that's, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I mean, I, I would like, say how pretty she that's, was. like, the first one. Like, they, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do more at this point. Uh, but, yeah, they definitely get there. <laughs> and so will we. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, basically... What are your thoughts about the vaudevillian like open here so far? I, I mean, like, it's not good, but somehow it's kind of it's a entertaining. it's a little it's endearing, and you know, and they definitely have that nostalgia factor going for them, and they're they yeah, and these two, they're going for it. They yeah, they're, they're they're like really going for it, like they're uh, leaning heavily into like the campiness of mm -hmm. it all. And, you know, these two guys, the guys playing, like, Luigi and Mario, they have really good chemistry. Mm -hmm. uh, Nicole seems, like, a little bit like... She's trying, but she also, I feel, is like, I cannot believe I let my agent... Right, uh, but at the same time, I mean, she proves herself to be quite the good sport, as we're about to see. Well, once we circle back around and uh, get to the uh, outro, if you want to call it that... Uh, so now we are getting into the cartoon and even the cartoon gets its own like theme song. Uh, and it's basically a different verse of the rap, um, that basically tells the story of how Mario and Luigi got sucked in through a pipe while uh, cleaning a, or working on a bathtub or something. And that's how they ended up in the mushroom, uh, kingdom. Do you think we really needed not one, but two rap themes? Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, that was a little bit odd. That so there's like three rap songs, I guess overall. If, yeah, if right? you count the outro, yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I will say, like, none of them are bad. Like, they're all pretty catchy. Nope. So at least they've got that going for it. But it does seem a bit. Oh, much. those songs have probably been stuck in my brain all my life. So I, ass I assume that part of it has to be like, hey, this will kill. 45 to 60 yep. seconds of animation that we don't have Save to do every money. episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, then now we are uh, outside in the uh, land of ice, not ice land, and it's daytime. Uh, Mario narrates, and he tells us that they just rescued the princess from King Koopa, and they are searching for the magic that will not only free the kingdom, but also send them back to Brooklyn. As they're traversing the icy tundra, Toad, who is stuck pulling the princess in a dog sled, gets scooped up in the claws of a birdo who is flying overhead. And she takes him basically back to her nest, which is more like a house on the highest peak right. of this uh, giant mountain. And Princess like begs Mario to save Toad. And of course, uh, he agrees. And uh, man, like, do you think they missed, I don't know, this is so, why didn't, why do you think they didn't go with, like, the Mario origin story? Why did they tell us that in the theme song? Why didn't we get to see this in the pilot? I don't know. And and it's kind of weird that, like, in the live action, uh, Mario and Luigi, they're, from, they're in the Bronx. They're from the Bronx huh. or something. It's been a while since I've seen that, and, but okay. No, they, they brought it up a couple mm. times uh, during this episode. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know uh, why they did this, but, I mean, whatever. It's for kids. I don't know. Maybe 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 they thought it was funny. Funny by not showing the origin, but, yeah, I mean, that's 
Or maybe they thought like kids already know the origin. Like, because if you're what if you're a kid watching Super Mario Brothers cartoon, you know who Mario yeah. is. Yeah. So. All right, I can go with that. Um, okay, so yeah, we're all during that scene. We were also introduced to Toad and his incredibly obnoxious voice. Uh, and so now, how would you describe? His voice? Hmm, it's like uh, high pitched and gravelly at the same time. Like right. yeah. And, and, <laughs> And it's also like a bit of like a stereotypical New Yorker. Yeah, kind of yeah. It's like, and, but he's not from New York. He's from the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, right, right. Well, maybe hanging out with those Bronx plumbers has rubbed off on him or something. <laughs> right. I don't know. But. Much like how uh, hanging out with uh, a Bubba has rubbed off onto you and your impressions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, I'm walking yeah. here. So, uh, yeah, they're in the Birdo house. Uh, Birdo keeps calling Toad cheapy, and it's revealed later that she thinks that it's his, uh, it's her missing, like, uh, kid, basically. Um, she gets a call from the Missing Bird Bureau, uh, and she tells them they can call off the search because she's found her baby. She then tries to read the back of a milk carton that actually has a picture of her kid on it, because uh, remember when they used to do that, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. but can't because her eyesight is so bad. So at least they explain, even though she's wearing glasses. Right, but at least they attempted to explain why she's mistaken Toad for her kid. Um, Birdo tries right. to hug Toad. But... Well, hmm? Steve, Steve uh, I I do have to uh, ask you something though. Did you um, notice that when she answered the phone, she was holding the ring? She was only yeah, like backwards. Yeah, I did. Like it was. Like, I mean, I think they, they it's supposed to be another I, I have bad eyesight gag. That's what I chalked it up to. I guess. I, I guess that's... that makes sense. The other thing is I looked away for a second. <laughs> and then when I looked back, she had like all this white stuff all over her mouth. That was the milk she was drinking. Oh, OK. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Yeah, they, and like it stays there. For yeah, a long they left time. it there forever. It's a. Uh... Man, this is more erotic than the Shadowhawk comic book, and that's really erotic. It looked, it, yeah, it looked like a jacket, <laughs> if you will. God, you're right. Oh, man, you're right. So uh, moving on. Oh, yeah, Birdo tries to hug Toe, but he dodges it and says, I've got to get out of here. Uh, so now <laughs> we're back with Mario and crew. They're climbing the mountains of the Birdo house. Out of nowhere, a giant chasm opens up. And Luigi says, oh, Toad is done for. Then Mario says, remember the plumber's motto. When a pipe is plugged, keep plunging. Pasta power. And uh, I don't know. What do you think the deal with this pasta power is over here? I mean. Because they're Italian. Because they're supposed to be Italian. That's so bad. That's all it is. It's stereotype. Because it's not like there's pasta like in mario games at this point and like all right let's try to unpack this here so all right uh, i guess because his name is mario because shigeru miyamoto named him mario and i guess just because he had a mustache and a lot of italian guys have mustaches right and luigi is clearly like an italian name yeah but did they even when yeah did they even name him luigi's in the first I mean, yeah, Luigi's I know game. he's in like Super Mario Brothers, but he's not like in the uh, the pre Super Mario Brothers stuff. Uh, you know, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Where it's like the single screen. If you play two, but player, did they like, name him Luigi's... though in that? Oh, um, I that I don't. Remember. Yeah, 
Uh, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, I don't know. I guess they just wanted Mario to have some fun catchphrases for kids to, to shout before they, you know, punch their sister or best friend in the face. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure maybe, maybe Big Pasta was giving the, uh, the producers of the show kickbacks. They're like, uh, hey, uh, you, you can indoctrinate these kids into liking pasta. You know, we'll give you a li- li- little bit of extra, um, I, I don't know, um, fettuccine. Chef Boyardee, man, they have their tentacles in everything. Uh, yeah, and hey, you, you you don't have to like bribe people to like enjoy pasta. They're they're gonna discover it and enjoy it no matter it's what. It's true. Uh, so yeah, so I guess they take this time to uh, or this scene to remind us that boy, Mario and Luigi and the princess, because this also takes place during Mario Two. Boy, do they love jumping over things. So with like yeah. no, you hear like the the jumping sound effect mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of music from Super Mario Brothers too. Um, you know, they obviously like redid the tracks uh, with real instruments and stuff. And I mean, they sound yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to hear them <laughs> all the time. Yeah, they really hammered yeah. it home. Uh, so yeah, they jump over like no problem. I mean, that wasn't really much of a challenge for them. But uh, two. Uh, nearby Koopa thugs look on. I don't recognize those guys from any of the games. Did you? The little white uh, I don't guys. Remember which two. They look like little little oh, clan yeah, members. No, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think they're in Mario Brothers. Too. Okay, I'll take your uh, word for that. Anyway, they're looking on. Then they go back and report to to Koopa. <sighs> and man, this is probably oh. the first like example of fetishism. <laughs> that we get in this yeah i i didn't even see quentin tarantino's <laughs> name in the credits they are so in. uh so what are those uh white guy thug things called uh so they're called flurries and they are an enemy from uh mario mario brothers 2 and they kind of don't look like your traditional mario mm-hmm. enemies because uh like a lot of the enemies in mario brothers 2 just because they're from the doki doki panic game uh, mario brothers 2 is a reason. right well uh, i just don't remember them licking anyone's feet in that game Oh, yeah, I think that's just something that Quentin had added into this episode. <laughs> he he edited it in. He did a director's cut on... Yeah. Wow, yeah. wow. He's... Yeah, for those that don't know, Quentin Tarantino uh, is known for having a foot fetish. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd like every Quentin Tarantino movie ruined for you, uh, just look for stuff with yeah. feet. Uh, at some point, there will be feet prominently displayed uh, front and center. But, hey, maybe it'll distract you from how bad the rest of the movie is. <laughs> Fuck uh, you. I don't know. I think he's okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think. All right. That's for another podcast. All right. So <laughs> nearby. All right. We're, okay. So Koopa gets on the radio. And he calls in an air raid to one of his evil birds. Or no, to several. Like a whole squad of birds. Oh, wait, wait. Are, are, are we, are, wait, we kind of skipped over the foot licking thing, though. Did we? I thought we pretty much covered it. I mean, so not really, not in the kind of detail that Quentin Tarantino would, would All right. expect well... and demand from the crew. <laughs> so Koopa says something about, uh, I didn't, don't the Flurries like offer to like do something to his feet? Like they offer to like do something. And he's like, oh, I'll tell you when I want it. Cause he's a dumb. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you when I want <laughs> you two whatever mm-hmm. and he goes okay lick my feet or clean my feet i think it says clean my feet is what he says well and to clean his feet they just start licking him it's like yeah, his feet it's so bizarre it's just a really odd choice um i don't they are licking him steve <laughs> the way i imagine a man who's just woken up from a 10-year coma right. 
where he could hear everything. He was he was like mm-hmm. alert the whole time. So I guess it's not a coma, but you know he couldn't wake up. <laughs> so he he has felt the passage of time. He wakes up and he is now seeing his wife naked for the first time. And, <laughs> right, or if you uh, want to get uh, even more specific, it's like uh, Quentin Tarantino was locked in solitary confinement and couldn't look at any uh, feet for like 10 years. This is what he would do the first time he saw anyone's feet, right. be it man or yes, woman. they're being licked very ferociously. Mm-hmm. And then Bowser goes ahead and calls in for the air strike. Right. And while he's calling in for this airstrike, the flurries continue licking his feet all throughout, and they make sure to keep that in view. Oh man, yeah, this is a yeah, this is when it starts getting pretty weird. So, uh, so yeah, he calls in the um, okay. Toad tries to now we're back at the Birdo house. Toad tries to convince Birdo that she has the wrong guy, uh, and then Birdo is reminded by the most bizarre cuckoo clock ever that it's time for Toad's flying lessons. Did you see this cuckoo clock? Yeah. Can you describe it? Uh, I barely remember. It's got, instead honest, of but, uh... a bird that pops out, it's a human man's like head. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Which in a weird way would make sense because, wait, no, a birdo is not a bird. It's just a weird lizard thing, right? Well, and also, like, how would they know what humans look? Well, I, I guess they've seen Mario and Luigi, right? They're humans. I so guess. Uh, it's just, it, it looks really bizarre, though. Like something out of Earthworm Jim. Uh, but uh, anyway, so Mario and company make... By the way, it, well, oh, Steve, one thing, since you brought up the mm-hmm. bird or the cuckoo clock, I didn't go over it, but James Murray, the guy that did the voice of the cuckoo clock, he also did the voice of Splinter in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so real random, but I just wanted to throw well, that out. That's going in the TikTok. Um, but, uh, so Mario and company make their way up the mountain, and then the birds drop the bombs on Mario and the gang. Then a whole squad of birds come and drop even more bombs and cause an avalanche of jagged ice. They run away and escape into a nearby cave. Uh, meanwhile, <coughs> dang, <coughs> I got choked up because of the jagged ice. Um, meanwhile, Birdo gives Toad a flying lesson. He tries to bribe her into letting him go, but big surprise, she doesn't take it. Um, then uh, now we're back with Mario and company. Um, of course, Mario finds a nearby fire flower, uh, which another sort of little fun fact that we didn't mention in the trivia section is that uh, for some reason, the stars, um, instead of making Mario invincible in the cartoon, just give him more fireball power like the fire flower does. Did you did you see that? Uh, no, I didn't notice that. So, like, if he gets a star and he hasn't first eaten a flower, then nothing... It just gives him fire. Happens? It does the same thing that a um, that a flower does. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Because, I mean, I know, like, in the cartoon, like, uh, the episode we watched, Toadstool Princess, she um, goes out of her way to... She has to explain to Mario that eating a fire flower will... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's powers. just an oversight on the, the animators or the, on the writer's behalf or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway... Uh, so yeah, he eats the flower, and then of course he gets the uh, the firepower, and he trans- transforms and shoots away the snow. Uh, and now we're back with Koopa. He is congratulating his birds on murdering Mario and company. 
when the snow th or flurries from before say that they survived the avalanche. So Koopa's angry and he says that he's just going to do it himself. Uh, and then uh, Mario and the gang, having just escaped from the cave, um, hear someone call him cheap. And uh, <laughs> they look behind him and they see a baby birdo frozen in a block of ice. So Yehel, I ask you, how was this baby birdo able to make any kind of sounds? How was he able to call Mario cheap if he was frozen in ice? I don't know. And how did he get in like this perfect block of ice? Uh, th th there's a lot of questions to be had here. Uh, I feel like this bird needs to be taken away from his mother, probably. <laughs> Yeah, she's but, not uh, fit. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Mario's got super hearing, I guess. You know. But how would it be able to make any kind of sound if you were in a frozen block? I don't think Captain America was able to talk while he was frozen in ice. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a little protective layer in there uh, between <laughs> it and the ice. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. No, it does not it make does any not. sense. But, you know, this is, a, this is a show where there's a human being coming out of a clock. Um, and by the way, that clock is in every episode. What? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's in all 65 episodes. That's so episodes. bizarre. So uh, Mario frees little Birdo, and uh, the princess just automatically deduces that it is the other Birdo's um, you know, offspring. Uh, Mama Birdo then drops Toad out of nowhere, and he uh, uses his mushroom hat as a parachute, and then he lands right on top of the Mario crew. Like, how convenient. Uh, mm -hmm. then the little Birdo who henceforth shall be known as little cheapy because that was the name in the IMDB says, uh, cheapy wants his mama. So toad and the princess are going to go take him while Mario and Luigi deal with Koopa. He just shows up out of nowhere with like the entire, like Koopa army, like behind him. Like you'd think they would save this for like the finale. Oh no, it's, it's okay. go time yeah. here. So Mario shoots all of his fireballs, but one of the birds drops a bomb on him and it immediately takes away the power, just like in the game. Thank you for the fan service. Uh, then they get surrounded by bad guys, but they are quickly taken out simply by toad dropping uh, vegetables because that's what, they, that's what you do in Mario 2. You drop vegetables mm -hmm. from above the sky thanks to Mother Birdo like hovering above. Um, and Koopa says he will be back as he drives away on an awesome looking snowmobile. Uh, what do you think about uh, the, the uh, I guess the high point, the climax of the animated Mario cartoon here? Well, it seems like Toadstool, Mario, and Luigi are not needed because uh, Toad rescues himself, right. basically. Toad also is the one that like attacks Koopa and gets him to go mm -hmm. away. So the only thing like that, you know, Mario and Luigi really do is like they happen to find a uh, little cheapy, but I guess Toad would have anyways because Toad lands right next to him too. So yep. I don't know. I, what's the fucking point of Mario and Luigi and Princess being here? Yeah, it's like an exercise in coincidence. And uh, yeah, I mean, and all the, the characters are so one-dimensional. I mean, basically, Mario seems like an optimist, and Luigi is just constantly going, oh, we're doomed. And Mario ha has to, like, basically talk him out of it. And Princess has no character right. at all. And I guess Toad is always angry and wanting to, 
like complain and fight stuff, I guess. Like, but whatever. I mean, yeah. this is clearly a commercial for Nintendo. I'm sure they put as little thought into the writing as possible. Um, but we're not done yet. Uh, Birdo invites them to dinner. Mario thinks he's about to eat um, spaghetti, but <laughs> hilariously, it's actually a giant worm, and it starts, like, talking. He's like, hey, what, what are you doing trying to eat me, or, or something like that, and it's just a it's a lame sort of cartoony sight gag, like, this, uh, well, I'll save that for the end, um, and so basically, that is the end of the cartoon, and now, we're back in the real world. Mario apologizes to Nicole Eggert. They uh, then put her over by a furnace so she can dry off. Because remember, she got um, squirted by the sink when they were trying to demonstrate how they were going to unclog a sink. So they put her over by the furnace, and the furnace, I guess, is just too hot. And it gets, like, soot all over her. Uh, then they tell her, they offer to, like, uh, no, she steps on a cake. Like, why is the cake on the ground? <laughs> she steps on it. I don't know. And then they offer her to sit down, and she sits on a pizza. As yeah, me. and then they try to usher her to go somewhere else, and then they put her under the trash chute, and then a bunch of, like, trash just falls on her from the trash chute. Why do they have a trash <laughs> chute that's sending trash into their home? Oh, I know, I know. And then, and then this is when we get, like, the first sort of, uh, I don't know, you can be the judge on... The, Luigi says... Hey, somehow it looks good on her, referring to all the trash and stuff yeah, they put yeah, her through. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's just assume that she's 18 when shooting this, because... Uh... But she, mathematically, that's not possible. All right, we'll go with the logic then. The, she the was facts. 17 at the oldest. That was it's probably, probably 16. Okay, well, nice. let's just pretend that she uh, wants to do what's about to happen. Uh, so they did show seeds from The Legend of Zelda... Um, and now we're back once again with Mario and the crew and they apologize to Nicole. They offer to pay for everything. And she says, she keeps saying, no, it's okay. It's no big deal. And then they're like, really? And then she's like, yeah, see, I'm going to a sloppy party where the person who dresses the sloppiest wins. And then, hold on, I need to get my uh, music queued up for what's about to happen here. All right. <laughs> um, all right, it's on. Okay, here it comes. All right, there it is. Okay. So they say, really? And she goes, really? And they go, well, in that case. And then Nicole takes the cake. She grabs it and <laughs> rubs it all over her chest. And not only that, but she arches her back. And, <laughs> like, it's just the most, <laughs> like, she's experiencing something while these two middle-aged men each take a bit of cake and begin rubbing it well they're, they're sticking to the shoulders and the arms but they're rubbing it all yeah. over her yeah i think they get a little bit of her leg but i mean they, they, they do stay away from like her chest <laughs> and her ass right. <laughs> and yeah, i think I don't know, but either way, it's still uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely, and yeah, it said uh, it's. Then the weird thing is that she seems to enjoy it, and it's all strangely erotic. What a perfect ending to a kids' cartoon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "Go to a sloppy party, 
you know, whoever like dresses sloppiest wins. And now I don't have to go get a costume. Right, right. I left that out. What? Not a costume? What? <laughs> the idea is that you just put a bunch of crap on so you don't have to spend money on a costume. Uh, man, they like my my question is because like, I wanted to get. I tried to look for credits to see if maybe they had like different directors for the live action stuff. I mean, we can only assume uh, from the evidence that we have that one Dan Ryba here, who, uh, I mean, according to his credits, he's mostly an animation guy, but uh, maybe he's responsible for these live action ones. And they were just like, oh, wow. Nicole Eggert is coming on my show. Well, I've got some stuff that she can do. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was actually, uh, I read a very uh, short interview uh, with Nicole Eggert, because I guess she gets asked about this uh, quite a bit. And uh, she said that, you know, she was just sort of going with it and being a good sport, though she thought it was very strange. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, but uh, wow. Um, And yeah, and that is basically the end of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. I just wonder if all the episodes, other episodes, end as erotically as this one. Like maybe the one with Roddy Piper or Ernie Hudson. I mean, you know, (laughs) they must, because if you're inviting Elvira onto your show in full Elvira garb, uh, which is not much... um, (laughs) There's a, there's a level of eroticism to be expected. Now, I wonder if they had her getting, like, you know, pelted with, you know, cake and dust and, uh, you know, man, someone just really has, like, a, a fetish of, like, covering people with just, like, dirt. And uh, and I just wonder how many takes that whole cake thing went down if, uh, you know, Dan Ryba was just over there. Okay, so what you're going to do here, you're going to grab the cake Cram it into your chest, and you got to make sure you arch your back. If you don't arch your back, it's just not going to work. Or, on the other hand, was it just was that her natural instinct to just grab the cake, cram it into her chest, and oh yeah? I was I'm guessing that they only had one cake, right? Uh, since it had to be done in one take. Mm-hmm. Either that, or she didn't want to have to do more than one take, right? Because. You know, she would have had, like, think about it. If they were going to do more than one take, not only would they need multiple takes, but multiples of the same outfit and right. all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure it was like a one, they have to get it done in one take. So she's just like, let me go for this. You know, just so like, there's no way that we have to do another take. Right. So I can yeah. go back to my trailer and wash all this crap off of me while Dan Ryba watches on a uh, closed circuit camera. Closed circuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I can't wait to go complain to Scott Bayo about this. <laughs> He'll fix everything. She shows up at Scott Bayo and he's like, take the cake and put it on your chest again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's close this thing out. All right, uh, Super Velasquez. Do you think that the Super Mario Brothers Super Show should be remembered for all of humanity? Or should it be tossed into the black hole of obscurity with cake, never to be heard from again? Ah, man. This one's tough because I don't know. I mean, it's it's not good. No, no, it's it's not. not. It's like I would almost say that it is video power bad. Um, 
Ooh, um, I mean, I would watch this over video power just because um, video power like doesn't do what it tells you it's going to do, really. Mm -hmm. uh, at least this like is its premise and Mario and Luigi, you know, they're a bit of a train wreck to watch, but a fun train wreck. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of entertaining. Um, it's really dumb. The cartoon part, much like in video power, I could do without. But you know what? It was so, so erotic, Steve, uh, that I, I can't throw something that erotic into the bit of obscurity. So I'm going to say remember. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I can't imagine that the, the future level or the future episodes have this level of eroticism in them. We need to watch the Elvira level, I feel. Uh, level <laughs> the avira level that sounds right yeah the Avira level of the of yeah the i'm gonna say that this one deserves a stalemate uh for sure uh i Fair. wouldn't want it tossed into the i mean you can never truly like destroy mario because there's always going to be new mario fans and um then they're going to discover it on the internet so uh stalemate it is uh here we go well i guess i should go into a little more deep like the cartoon sucks it's the worst thing about it much like uh, video power um so uh so yeah yeah there you go uh the right the writing was awful i mean typical you know we're just having a show like there's no care character work very little story just yeah. stuff happened uh so. yeah I, I i before you play the bumper i saw one review on imdb that said Deke spared nearly every expense with the show. <laughs> and that pretty much sums it up. All right, here it comes. Yep. This just in, those pathetic podcasters known as Obscurity Now have once again rendered a verdict of no contest. That's right, a stalemate. They've wasted everyone's time. They are just as lazy as Congress and twice as corrupt. Boo, I say. Tar and feather them. Get out the guillotine. Boo to stalemate. And boo to Obscurity Now. All right, that feels right. I think we did the world uh, a service here. Uh, sure. Anything else to uh, to add before we sign off here? Uh, not really. Um, I guess we should talk actually about the very the the outro song. Sure, sure, to sure. The Mario. So basically, like, there's just some like still images of what are they like drawings from like levels from the mario games kind of yeah like, i mean uh, it's from the cartoon, the cartoon. and yeah lou yeah, albano thanks. just stands there going like this <laughs> yeah kind of shaking side to side right. and mm -hmm. uh, then they just on a green screen and they just have them pop up at different spots of the uh the, these paintings and i feel like he only does like he only filmed like 30 seconds of dancing and they just mm. keep like looping it every time there's a cut uh, is what I think they did, I but yeah, because right. like it doesn't really like go with the music, and but yeah, Lou Alba Albano, Albano, I keep mispronouncing his name, does the rap or do the Mario, um, and it's catchy as fuck. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible, <laughs> yeah. but it's so catchy, and that's how I would describe this show. Like like I said earlier, it's hard to look away. Right. It's uh, yeah. I agree. That's the. That's the last thing I had to say. I just, well, I think we would have been remiss not to bring up his uh, performance there at the end. I think you're. At... I do like. What's that? I do like how that end rap at first it's like kind of interesting and like oh that's neat, and then it goes on like too long and it's just like <laughs> weird. <laughs> oh yeah, you you nailed it right there. I mean, I couldn't imagine watching like more than 
like two episodes in a row of this so yeah it would go on too long as well um but uh but yeah yeah i'm glad you brought yeah he definitely went for it Uh, one of the other sort of little fun facts is that i guess he initially didn't want to do um mario but his wife convinced him to do it and i'd say he's probably more well remembered as mario than from his wrestling at this point yeah i i agree uh I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's a very also another IMDb review that kind of cracked me up. And mm-hmm. it was left really recently, last month, that they gave it the show a 10 out of 10. But the reviewer goes on and on about how much they love Toad. And it just gets like a little, I guess I'll read part of it. Sure. So I want to give this show a perfect 10 out of 10. <sighs> this is because my favorite character in the series is Toad. Mm. I love his color scheme in the first three episodes. Moreover... He is also my favorite character because, to me, he is very cute. I love how he squeaks all the time in the series. He has a cute voice, and I think he is an adorable mushroom in this cartoon. Toad is by far my favorite character in the series. And then they go on and on and on. Now, now Toad, get over here and lick my feet. He is extremely cute, and I not only love his appearance, but how he makes all those cute, squeaky noises from time to time. He is either lands or is touched <laughs> <laughs> man i i uh i had it in the format and i forgot to ask you like when you when or if you play mario kart who do you even uh, choose toad because he's hot <laughs> of course he's great <laughs> at licking feet too i hear yeah well you know there's not there's like not really eight characters in mario kart mm-hmm. well there's eight characters but like there's only like four styles Right. Because like Koopa and Toad play the same, Bowser and um, Donkey Kong Jr. play the same, mm. etc. Mario and Luigi play the same. Blah, right. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I usually go with either Mario. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll like do Koopa or whatever mm. or Bowser, like just to like switch things up. But I tend to do Mario because he's kind of like all around. How, how about you? I'm a Luigi guy. Um, well, for a while I was Luigi just because. I don't know. I felt like whenever he would get a star, he would just really like, come into his own, I guess, which, of course, didn't really happen too much. But uh, on uh, the Switch Mario one, I just play as Waluigi on one of the bikes. I don't know why. I just I feel like since he's skinnier, he's going to go faster. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Uh, you, you body shamer. <laughs> Did you know in the original Super Mario Kart that getting coins makes you go faster? Wow. No, I did not know that. That's pretty interesting. I didn't know that either. Mm. Yeah, it's in the fucking instruction booklet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure, like, you know, what kid is going to read that back then? I used to read them, but I I somehow did not know that. But anyways, uh, we're really getting off course here. Uh, Steve, uh, uh, is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, Uh, No, I just uh, hope that the next time we revisit a uh, classic video game kids cartoon, that it's just as erotic as this one. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, if you want more uh, video game powered eroticism from us, you can follow us on TikTok Mm -hmm. at Reptilian Media. Uh, Twitter is also at Reptilian Media. Mm -hmm. And uh, Instagram, I believe, is also at Reptilian Media. Yep. And uh, if you uh, want to listen to us or watch us, uh, you can look uh, search for Reptilian Media or Obscurity Now on YouTube. And uh, you can get this show you're listening to right now wherever you got it from or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ah, thanks for coming. And yeah, definitely, if you like this episode, I'm definitely going to have a lot of fun making a TikTok 
of Nicole Eggert covering herself in cake uh, while being added, while having cake added to her by two middle-aged men. So can't wait to have the account deleted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, we will see you next Sunday as we continue to unearth even more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.